You're listening to Season 2, Episode 10 of How She Creates. Today I have Marissa and Heather, the founders of Carve Out Time for Art here, to tell you their best tips and tricks for finding time in your day to prioritize making. So get your pens and pencils ready because you're going to want to take so many great notes from this episode. Welcome to How She Creates. I'm your creative fairy godmother, Lauren. I'm here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite makers to learn how they create. We'll discuss what it means to live a creative lifestyle, the best resources and tools for making, where to find inspiration, and so much more. I hope these conversations encourage you to make more stuff and share it with the world so we can all see how you create. How She Creates is sponsored by Get Messy Art Journal. Get Messy is an art journal membership community that shares tutorials, inspirations, prompts, challenges, and more each week. Get Messy's goal is to help you nurture your creativity, become the artist you desire to be, and find your creative community. When you sign up for Get Messy's mailing list, you get access to three free classes. One on how to find your creative style, introduction to Art Journal 101, and Art Journal 102, Elevate Your Art Journaling. Get Messy has an amazing community of artists who are waiting to welcome and support you in your art journey. Learn more and sign up for Get Messy in their awesome newsletter at getmessyartjournal.com. Welcome back to another episode of How She Creates. I am so excited to bring you another really inspiring and action-filled episode today. So a few announcements before we get started. Today is Tuesday, December 5th and Get Messy Seasons Passes are currently open until the 7th. So you have the next three days to grab a Seasons Pass to Get Messy for only $35. You get access to two full months, so 60 days of Get Messy and all of the prompts, tutorials, inspiration, guest interviews, everything that we have. And there is no um, cancellation needed, no recurring payments or anything. So it's a really great way to just test out Get Messy and um, see what it's all about. And we are celebrating the season of nature. So if you want something to help you fight the winter gloom, this is the perfect season to do that as we focus on everything that is awesome about nature. So today's episode is really exciting and really fun because these ladies are just so down to earth and um, they just have so many good things to share and they're both such incredible and talented artists so I'm really excited for you to see more of their work and for you to connect with them and for you to be able to plug into their community because that's what this podcast is all about is community and you know connecting you with other makers and other artists and and getting you making so Today, I have Marissa and Heather on, and they created Carve Out Time for Art. And so if you just search on Instagram, Carve Out Time for Art, you will find their feed, and it is beautiful, and it has tons of incredible artists who do takeovers and share their work on there, and they share work from the community. I'm actually taking over the Instagram today, so I hope you will come hang out with me and see more of what my day looks like and things that I love about being a maker on there. And you can connect with Heather and Marissa through there. Both of their Instagrams are linked. Um, But you can also connect with Marissa and Heather on their own websites. Um, Heather is actually selling some really beautiful Christmas ornaments. And she does pet portrait portrait commissions, which are really awesome. Um, And so you can get all that in her shop at Heather Kirtland, K-I-R-T-L-A-N-D, 
com. It's just heatherkirtland.com. You can find her stuff. And Marissa actually had um, a design that she created turned into some really beautiful aprons on Minted. And they were featured in HGTV's magazine gift guide. And so you can find those at minted.com slash creative slash Marissa Huber. And that is spelled M-A-R-I-S-S-A. H-U-B-E-R, so Marissa Huber, and you can get all of these links and everything to, to these ladies and um, connect with them more on my website, which is lauren-likes.com slash podcast, and so you can get the show notes from everything that we're going to talk about in the blog today and connect with these ladies, um, but I would suggest starting with connecting with Carve Out Time for Art on Instagram or on their website, carveouttimeforart.com and seeing what all they have going on there. And we're going to talk about a few things that are past in this episode, like their creative pinky swear challenge. Um, But if you sign up for their newsletter, you can find out about the future things that they're going to be doing because they are constantly finding new ways to connect their community together. And so you don't want to miss out on those kind of things. So sign up for their newsletter. Again, that's carveouttimeforart.com. You can find everything you need to know about them there. And yeah, so I hope that you're really excited for today's episode and that you learn a lot and that you play along with our challenge that we share at the end. So we will see you later on Instagram under the hashtag HowSheCreates. Thank you ladies so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. So excited too, yeah. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, you're so welcome. So will you guys go ahead and introduce yourself so we know who is who? You start, Marissa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm Marissa Huber. I'm an artist. I live in South Florida, and I'm the partner for Carve Out Time for Art. And I am Heather, and I live just outside Baltimore, Maryland. And I am a painter, a hairstylist, and a mom, and the other half of Carve Out Time for Art. Awesome. Well, I am so excited to get to talk about more about your program and what you guys do and to talk more about creative community with you guys today because you have done a fantastic job of creating an amazing online creative community for artists. So I can't wait to hear more about that and hear more about you guys individually as artists because you both share some really amazing stuff. So can you guys both tell us a brief introduction of what your creative story is, how you got started creating, what you make, why you love it. Oh, my turn to go first. All righty. Um, <laughs> so I always, my whole life, said I was going to be an artist from the time I was younger and um, decided to actually go to fine art school, which was, um, luckily, I had super supportive parents and um, they supported me completely in that. Um, This was dating myself back before the internet, basically. And so the only career choices for most artists to make money when they left school was to, uh, to basically either teach art or, you know, find that gallery was going to represent you. So I went in with the mindset that I wanted this fine art school experience as an artist, but I would probably work another job and make my art. And you're constantly, I was told back then, you know, 10 years from now, you won't be making art. Like 2% of you will only be making art. And I'm not sure why college would want to put that in your brain, but I heard it a lot. So I took it as a challenge, which worked out well for me. Um, So I've worked lots of different jobs in my life, but I've always created. It's definitely ebbed and flowed a little bit. And surprising, I guess, mostly to myself is I've been the most... um, 
I guess I've made the most work since I've had my kids. And I'm not sure if that's from being better with my time or being scared I was going to lose a part of myself. I work in encaustic and oil and acrylics, more so the encaustic and acrylics lately. And um, my work usually revolves around um, using an object. Right now, it's the house or the home to represent more of a persona of a person and kind of putting them in situations. And lately, I've really been interested in pieces making up the whole. So the, how we are all so very similar in our human experience and how we make up this mass group of people that obviously don't always agree with one another. So that's kind of what I'm working on at the moment. Very cool. Now I'm going to show my ignorance. What is acoustic? No, that's no problem. I'm so glad you asked because most people <laughs> I didn't know either right, at first. Right. And what was crazy is all through college, I had not one professor that knew how to work in encaustic, not one. And oh. I, they would tell me like ways to make my oil paint look like encaustic. And it was so frustrating because once again, no internet. So it's not like I could Google, how do I do this? So I'd always had this obsession with it. I tried to find books on it, but that was a little intimidating. And finally, like uh, an artist, a local Baltimore artist who is awesome, Christine Sajeki, if you ever look her up, um, taught a workshop. And that was it. I was hooked. I was like, oh, I can totally do this on my own. I can get a crock pot. I can make this work. I can teach myself the rest of it. And so it is a, encaustic is a pigmented wax, basically. So it's a beeswax that's refined down. And then Damar resin is added to it to make it a little harder, a little more resilient, and to give it um, a cooling, different cooling temperature. So you work with it when it's molten and liquid. So you brush it on, but you, know, you think of wax, it dries instantaneously. Um, you can carve into it, you can add layers, you can scrape it down. Um, yeah, it's really cool. You can buff it to a high shine. And once it's, you know, I guess cured is the word I'll use, it's really resilient. Like it doesn't fade very easily. So unless you're going to put it on top of, you know, in a fireplace or somewhere that's over 200 degrees, it's a, it won't, won't remelt. It's a nice, it's really cool. It's fun to work with. Yeah. And like you, you sent me one, which was so sweet and I didn't even, I almost threw it out. I didn't know it was in a box, but <laughs> it's like so smooth and you can like put it, I mean, I put it against my face. Yes. I'm like, it just feels so soft. You want to touch and, it. Yeah. 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 And I want to point out that you just said, um, you work with crock pots and that made me laugh. <laughs> so I couldn't concentrate for like five minutes. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Yes. I okay, hope you so- all know I met crock pots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, crock pot. Okay. Like what you cook in? Yes. Yeah. So oh. I can use that. Like, you know, part of the thing about intimidating and um, working, I think with a new medium that needs a lot of um, appliances, you get nervous about like, yeah. oh, I've got to spend all this money. But honest to God, I use a griddle and a crock pot. So the crock pot heats up my like clear wax for me. But oh. yeah, so you can also cook in it. I wouldn't use the and same. I heard... I haven't had not had my coffee yet, but I heard um crackpot. Crack I'm like, what is she talking about? I'm like, what kind of tool is that? All right. Oh. oh my gosh. Um, well, that was exactly like my buying experience here was because I was trying to tell all of the workers like what a crock pot was. And they were all like, mm, we don't sell crack pots. <laughs> um, um, oh my okay. goodness. So wait, Heather, how did so, you even find this art form that no one even knew how to do? Well, I mean, Jasper Johns had used it. So, like, I would look, I would go to, like, museums, and I believe Rauschenberg probably dabbled in it as well. But Jasper Johns used it for one of his, like, those um, 
kind of dart like circle images and I like wanted to touch it so badly in a museum mm-hmm. um and that's what drew me to it like I couldn't not touch it it like felt so it was so awesome and then a few times after graduation I would go to a gallery opening and you know same thing I would see something in that um and I just, I just love the form of it. And actually, it's an ancient medium. They've used it in Greece to do a lot of their, you know, murals that are still there today with with these beautiful, rich um, pigments that are still bright and pretty. So it's been around for a really long time. It just kind of dropped off the radar, you know. Wow. Well, yeah. I feel like we can just end the podcast here. We've all been educated <laughs> and inspired now. Yeah. <laughs> And we all want to go do that. Yeah. Yes, please do. Go do it. Oh, man. Yes. Awesome. Okay. okay so, oh, my time to turn now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mine is a... Uh... Okay, so I, I, like Heather, was always a creative child, and it was very supported and encouraged from my parents, you know, writing and drawing and a lot of, like, writing books and illustrating them. But then, you know, I kind of got to middle school and high school, and I was always, you know you know, the teachers are like, they, they pick out the students who they think are good and stuff, but I didn't think I had ideas anymore. And especially in high school, like I would, I was really into ceramics at the time and, but I would not necessarily have the ideas all the time. And I thought, you know what, like a real artist, and I'm using air quotes, would know exactly what they want to make. They have ideas and I don't know what I'm doing. So kind of like, um, and I was also really into sports at the same time. So I just felt like, I guess I'm not a real artist and there's not really, um, if I, if I can't focus on that hundred percent, then it's probably not for me, you know, cause I was thinking of doing, going to art school and being a studio major, which I kind of started out with. And I was also playing water polo at the college, like NCAA division one varsity level when I went to school, but it, 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 they didn't gel together very well just from the timing and I was exhausted and again, didn't think I had the ideas. So I would always still, you know, draw and have watercolors and do creative things. But I feel like I kind of diminished it over time. You know, I'd be like, oh, I'm not a real artist. I'm just, you know, this is something that I play with or I do. But over time, you know, I would still spend time. I worked in an art store. I loved, I ended up um, majoring in interior design. And I loved doing the illustrative, like conceptual drawings and the renderings. That was always my favorite thing. And I think later on, I started returning to art and, you know, when it became more real to me was when my brother had passed away in 2005 and I had, you know, been drawing and stuff more, but it really encouraged me to say, you know, like that was something that we had done together. We had always drawn and painted and it was important to us. So in a way it was like a way for me to, you know, connect with him and remember him, but it also gave me a push to be braver and say, you know what? you can be an artist too. You can draw, you can, you know, paint, you can show people things. And the more time that I put to that, it became more important to me. And then when I had, and I would like, you know, do commissions sometimes and do wedding invitations for people and stuff like that. So other people were seeing me as an artist. It's just kind of funny that I wasn't acknowledging it to myself because of some hang up, you know, of course. And then um, my story is not unique. And then my husband is a fine artist. So it's funny, like when I had met him, I had wanted to try oil painting. And then I end up dating like a a real oil painter and all of his friends are oil painters. So sometimes there was like an intimidation factor. But um, anyway, again, after I had my son in 2013, 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no time to do anything anymore. But I really wanted to spend my free time, you know, drawing or painting or doing something creative because I felt like myself again. And I think that was the final push I needed to just say, um, okay, you're an artist, like just own it and stop being a baby. And somehow that led me to want to encourage other people to, you know, find that for themselves. Oh, and in terms of what I do, I, a lot of watercolor, a lot of like water-based mediums. Um, I have gotten more into gouache in the past couple of years, probably. And then with, I have a day job and I'm not home a ton. So I've started learning more and doing like digital mediums, you know, like um, Adobe Illustrator and learning how to do vector, uh, vector designs and to, to hopefully be a pattern designer or, you know, more of that in the future. And I, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. And then I paint when I can. Very nice. Well, I think both of your stories really speak to a broad spectrum of people. You know, Heather was so obsessed with one art form, you know, she just wanted to be able to like hold it in her hands and figure it out for herself. And then Marissa, you know, you just loved making things and you just wanted to keep going with it and keep learning and expanding. And I think that's where most of us fall. Um, but like you said, we feel like we're not artists, we don't have ideas or we don't have time. And so I love that both of you have come together to create this amazing movement that encompasses everyone's artistic story, no matter what it is. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that is important. That's the whole, that is exactly the whole point. It's like, you know, we can all want to do things. And if you look at Instagram or you look at a magazine and you say, oh, well, that's what's, you know, that's what people must be doing. And reality, and I don't get to paint or draw or do much very often, especially during the week. But if I like push that boundary and say, you know what, this can count if I can sit down with my sketchbook for five minutes or if I'm looking at, if I'm talking to a friend about art, you know, or I'm looking at colors and thinking through ideas where I like Heather calls that kind of the incubation period, those things all start to count. And it doesn't have to be, oh, someone's sitting there in their you know beautiful studio looking great. You know, it can be whatever it is to each person. Yeah, I totally agree. I think sometimes we get caught up in what it's supposed to look like and realize that you know, you can make it how you want it to be. Because in the end, yes, you want people to see your work. And yes, you want to be appreciated, but you do, you're driven by the fact that you want to do it. So stop making it so complicated for yourself, you know? Yeah, exactly. So can you guys explain? Well, first, can you tell us how you met? Because everyone's always really curious about mm-hmm. how Kaylee and I met. So how did you guys meet? We've never met in real life. That's the funny thing. Wait, never still? No, never still. It's hysterical. My husband just said to me, again, because I always talk about how everybody um, thinks that's or is shocked by it. And I can totally understand it because I forget sometimes we haven't actually met. Um, But he's like, when are you guys going to just do it? Like, Yes. We're going to go on our art date. Yeah, yes, I know. Definitely. We have to make it happen. But I'll start and then you can kind of finish the story. But I, um, you know, it was always this passion of mine because I had such a problem with my identity as an artist when I had my daughter in 09. And there was nobody to reach out to. Blogs were kind of starting up, but, you know, Instagram wasn't there. And I couldn't find anybody to relate to that was creative and a mom. And so I'm scrolling through Instagram. I don't even know what year was it, Marissa. Was it 13, 14? 
14, maybe. Yeah, like 15, maybe 15. 15. Okay, so I'm scrolling through Instagram in 2015, and somebody I followed, you know, was interviewed by Marissa about being a mother artist. And I was like, holy crap, yes, yes, yes. And so I kind of just commented, I'm like, this is fantastic. I've been waiting for this for so long. And then Marissa reached out to me after that. And interviewed so I, yeah. Well, and the funny thing was, so again, after I had my son, you know, I... If everyone was telling me when I was pregnant, you're never going to do anything for yourself again. And if you do, like, it's selfish. And, and I'm like, come on, people. Like, why? It's, it's like, it's so frustrating that people want to tell you what you can't do and what you shouldn't do. And it's like, do you, should I have a baby? Do you want me to? Because I'm going to, apparently my life is going to be miserable if you listen to everybody. And, and I'm like, you know, it's already hard enough when you have a new child. If you decide to do that, you know, like, let's let's not tell everybody, like, everything's going to suck and you're never going to, you know, that's just not very helpful. So, um, when I realized that like the first time I painted, I felt good. I felt like myself again. And I'm like, okay, I could like relax. And I'm like, I'm still me. I'm comp- things are different and things have changed, but there's like a thread I said to my old life before. So when I, and I knew that I had always, I was a knitter and I read a lot of craft blogs. So I knew there were moms that were doing things differently. And I'm like, I need to find these artists. So I said, let me just interview 10 of them, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, maybe I, I wonder if I can even get 10 people to agree to this, you know? So I started reaching out to people I saw from Instagram and then I like got obsessed with it. And when I think Heather, when you commented, like the first thing I would do if anyone showed interest was I would go to their page and I would scroll down and I'd see if they had any kids. So I remember when you commented, I'm like, oh, I wonder if she has kids. <laughs> I can, I can get another interview. <laughs> So then I always like to ask, you know, what is your, um, do you have a big hope or dream? Cause I love seeing those kind of when people put it out there and then later on, it usually comes out true or something will happen. That's so true. And that was so funny. So that's the last question in the interview is like, you know, what are your big dreams? And at first I was actually terrified to write it because I had never said it out loud to anyone, my family, my husband, my friends, nobody. So then I typed, okay, I really want to write a book about motherhood and creativity. And then as I'm typing it, I'm thinking in my head, well, hell, it would be a lot less scary if someone else would do this with me. So I typed, you know, you know, are you, would you like to collaborate? Question mark, Marissa, can like hit hint, something like that. And then I literally deleted that line three times and rewrote it because I'm like, <laughs> what if she says no? What if this is crazy? What if she thinks I'm crazy? And then finally I left it in and man, I'm glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> me too because I read that and I was like oh my god I got chills because I had once I started doing the interviews and I'm like you know someone needs to do this someone needs to like write a book and I've always wanted to write a book I'm like just to show other people and you know share the voices and when she wrote that I'm like I had never told anybody that but I had like written it in my calendar I had said I'm gonna write a book on artists and motherhood or something at some point but I was like, Heather, oh my gosh. So I think I wrote back immediately. <laughs> yes. But I'm like, you know, let's, let's talk first. And cause I have had, you know, partnership projects not go as well, you know, in the past, you know, I just wanted to make sure it would make sense. So I said, let's just talk on the phone. And we talked for the first time <laughs> and it was pretty much like this, yes. like blah, 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 blah. And we talked forever. And like in 10 seconds, and my face was and... like split open uh-huh. and I'm like grinning. I'm like, oh, this is totally going to work. Yes. So we're like, we have to do it. We'll figure it out somehow. 
So we're still trying. We're going to figure this out. We're going to figure it out. Yeah, we're still working on it, which is crazy. But I think, I don't know, Marissa and I, I think one of the reasons we work so well together is we're pretty, we don't like kill each other with this hustle. It's like things are going to happen and we're working towards making them happen and we work really hard. But I think our timing has been okay so far and we're trusting that. And yeah. you know, out of all that, I don't even know whose idea it was or how it came about. We were like, oh, we need an Instagram feed. And that yeah. has just been the best thing, like one of the best choices I've made in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy because I used to share it on mine. That was when, like when we first started out, since I was you know, doing all the interviews, it was more like part of my own um, Instagram. But it was starting to take over. And I'm like, I wanted to share, I wanted to have the hashtag because I have friends that are not artists, but are more like in the creative content, um, community that have, you know, given me ideas and, you know, I'm like, Oh, they have hashtags. That would be good to make one for us to like spread the awareness and help other people. Um, so once I started that carve out time for art hashtag, I remember being like, Oh, I don't know if anyone's going to use it. This is kind of embarrassing. And we just hit, it's been about two years and we have like 200,000, you know, people, uh, pictures with that tag which is really cool yeah yeah that's and we have you know a bunch of a huge community which really kind of surprised both of us I think I think it did too and then how much it fed my soul surprised me yeah because I went into it you know thinking I want to give a place for those people looking for a community because it's so funny it's like both of us when we were feeling lost we wanted to see a representation we wanted we craved that community of other people that could show us how it's done or how they were doing it and I was like, I want to create a space where people can find that. And I have to say, I think 10 times it's been given back to me in like just the support and the amazing talent that's in that community is, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. And just the fact that like, and I would say like we've created the community, but the community is everybody. Like by far, yes. It would be, it wouldn't be anything if we didn't have the people that are there that are, you know, sharing things and commenting and like really going pretty deep with their own stories or letting us interview them or like the artist takeovers that I don't even remember how we came up with that, but that has been so much fun to just see what does everyone's day look like? You know, it doesn't look like the same now. And I am such a voyeur in the sense, like, I want to see what your studio space looks like. I don't care if it's your kitchen table. I just want to see how you do it. And I want to see what supplies you use. And like, I don't know what sketchbook you use. I'm all about seeing that stuff. So I love that. Yeah, me too. Did yes. you ask another question that we didn't answer? We're like, how how is Lauren going to talk with us? Because when the two of us get together, this is why we can't meet in person. We're like, wow. Yeah. No, it's so perfect. <laughs> um, so, okay. I think that's really important. What you just said, Heather, was, you know, we want to see how you do things. Um, and I think that's a lot of what your movement is, is about how you're carving out that time and not, and you're not totally focused on the finished piece. Yeah. Um, so why is that more important than having a beautiful gallery wall of completed art? Um, I think my answer for that would be because, well, one, if you start only focusing on how the end product's going to be, I get paralyzed. Like that can stop me from even going in the studio because, or as I start the painting, I don't trust the painting because it's not going where I specifically thought it was supposed to go. And I think half the battle is getting your butt wherever you work in the chair in the studio and wherever you work is just getting your butt there and doing it. So I think 
I think that's, you know, the most important part of it. Yeah. And I think it's like, I don't know with, with anything. I'm th- like, what's another hobby that, or, and I'm going to start using the word hobby right away. Yeah. You know, if say somebody learns a new thing, like knitting, you're going to suck at first and you might make stuff. And even if you've been around for a long time and you're making a sweater, you might screw it up and like, everything's not going to be perfect all the time. And that's in life. So why, if someone is trying a new medium or trying, or if they're an experienced, you know, artist who's been working for a long time, if they're doing a new collection of a body of work, why do we think that everything will be perfect right away? Yeah. You know, like, because to me, if you're, if everything looks great all the time to me, I don't know if you're pushing as hard as maybe you, I don't want to say you should be, cause I don't want to have judgment there, but like, to me, it's important to keep growing and learning. Like you said before, Lauren, and whether I'm trying to become better at being a pattern designer or drawing from life or with abstract work, I like to keep continuing to push myself and like figuring out the world in my own way. And I think that's what a lot of art to me is and or it's messy creative work. Yeah. yeah. And it's sometimes you make something that's completely different and it might be better than you had even planned it. Or you come back the next day and you're like, well, that really sucks. But you know what? I learned this and it is what it is. Yeah. And I always feel like all of that is such a metaphor for life in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that was a parenting win. And then the next day, no, that yeah, wasn't so great. Much, or I think this is how everything's going to go and not so much. <laughs> yeah. I think people are so hard on themselves sometimes. And because we're as society, you know, in this space where people are expected to share so much of it, like they, you know, everyone seems to think that the, the edited and curated version of somebody else's life is what is real when, you know, you don't have to show everything. Yeah. You know, that's my point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about the sharing part because, you know, you're to be in creative community, especially online, you have to put yourself out there. So, you know, why can't I just, you know, knit at home by myself? Why, why is this creative community important and why is sharing that process and what I'm making important? I think it's, well, I, to me, community is important because it makes, I think it, I'm going to go like hippy dippy, but I think it makes the world feel a little smaller in a good way. Like if you, you might not have anything in common with your next door neighbor, but all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, you're into art too. You have this common threat that you can, you know, feel connected to another person or feel like that you're not alone in your, in your life and in your craft or your art or whatever that is. And I think like having a community to bounce off ideas or your own insecurities or whatever it is, it can make you feel like you belong to something. And I think, you know, most people want to belong to, to something like it seems like it's inherent in human nature, you know, especially with people who get you. And I might not know like Heather's mom's name. (laughs) She she can't remember my son's name. Sometimes we joke around, but I know what, you know, is really important to her in a specific way. And I feel like that's so important and that resonates with people. Yeah. And I think, you know, creativity in itself or the life of a creative person can be very, fairly solitary. You know, you're usually working by yourself on something. And I think it was driven home even more when we did that whole phone call project, Marissa, like Marissa came up with this awesome idea to get people off the computer and into like an actual verbal space together. So anyone that wanted to sign up for a carve out time for a phone date got 
paired with somebody. And speaking of woo-woo, I got paired randomly with a woman that we used to follow each other's blogs back in the day, but had never like reached out to each other. And she uses houses in her work too. So, and it's nerve wracking. I got nervous. I'm like, oh, I don't want to make this phone call. This is a complete stranger. Like I know them online, but talking like actual conversation with another artist fed my soul. Like it was amazing and now we have standing dates and I think we heard that a lot from Mm -hmm. the community like what that actual phone conversation did that voice even with like like a podcast like with this like actually hearing somebody that has been in your social media life for a while just makes that connection so much more real yeah no because I think a lot of people do feel isolated like you know a lot of our community is people who might not relate to people in their own lives that are interested in art or even that understand why they why they're quote wasting their time or doing that you know when they're like well you know because other people will say well I don't have time to do that I don't have time for that when in reality you're you might but you might have time for working out or running or baking like our whole thing is I don't care what you like to do I feel like people should at least have something in their life that they might want to spend a little bit of their time doing just to kind of nurture yourself whether it's because you're selling your art or you just like to go outside and run, you know, I, I hate running. I can't do it, but you know, whatever that is, especially as you become a you know parent or if you're retired, whatever, like have something that you enjoy in your life. Yes. Art just happens to be around art and creating. Yeah. We always say that people make time for the things that are important for them. And so if, you know, connecting and art and, you know, expanding your community is important to you, you will, make time for that and find ways to do that. Um, one way that get messy does that within the group is we host these like every Saturday, anybody can do it. We just host a, um, like a Google chat hangout. And so like everyone just gets on Google, the Google, like in a Google hangout, that's what it's called. It's a Google hangout hangout. And, um, they just, art journal together and sometimes people talk sometimes they don't they just sit there and make but it's totally a great way to be in community and in a group in that group setting of making and connecting with like-minded people and anybody can do that that's not like a get messy thing like you have to be get messy like if you want to start you know a weekly art date but you don't have a group of people locally who can do that you can all you have to do is just invite some people you know on instagram to you know to meet you in a google hangout and you guys can make art together Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that idea too because like I totally missed out on the whole like group studio space in college because I didn't live on Mm -hmm. campus, but I envied it because like you could work or you could bop over to someone else's space and talk to them for a little bit. And I love the idea of working and talking because, you know, I don't know. I think it all works whenever my hands are working or I think that's why we listen to podcasts over in the studio and stuff like that. Uh, What a great idea. I love it. Yeah. So easy. So what what do you guys suggest? What are some other ways that people can find creative community? I oh go ahead, Marcy. Oh no, you go. I'm like (laughs) thinking out loud. I think too for me, social media helped me make a lot of connections where I am. And I know, you know, I'm in a more close, I don't live in the urban setting, but I'm close enough to a big urban setting that I do have a lot more opportunity with that. But like I would reach out to people that I found on Instagram and be like, you want to go have a cup of coffee? And it opened up not only great friendships, but gallery shows. And it's just been really, really neat to take it a step beyond that box. And I, it was scary 
but I think I got to a point where what's the worst someone's going to say? And it's, at least it's right now it's via direct message. No, I don't have time for coffee. Okay. All right. I ask. But I've never had anybody really say no when you actually ask. Yeah. And I think if, especially if you can establish yourself as a, um, like a person that seems like nice and like having that starting point on Instagram, like someone can say, oh, you know what? Heather seems you know, I'm not going to use normal, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, she doesn't seem like a serial killer. She seems like great. I could invite her to coffee, but she, it, it's, you already have a starting conversation. So you're not meeting somebody like you're not cold calling them. It's like, Hey, you know what? Oh, I've loved seeing your work here. You have a, a segue. Yes. But yes. When I moved, so I lived in Philly for tw- the past, I don't know, 12 years. And then I moved down to South Florida to be close to family again. Um, in 20, actually in 2015. So I was like, I don't really have any art friends here. And it, you know, my husband's an an artist and we were just like, we we really missed that community we had there in real life of people, you know, you're going to a gallery show of somebody or you meet other friends. So I was trying to find South Florida artists and I would kind of look, but I didn't see where they are. But I was lucky to kind of meet a few people that I said, you know, these these people are in Miami. They look really nice, you know, and I started, you know, conversing with them more and commenting, you know, and as like it felt right, I said, hey, would you guys like to like meet up at one point, you know, go to the one of the art museums and we invited like five people and only the three of us were able to go. But we became friends and we got to meet in real life. And, you know, we had a couple of different meetups and it's, it just adds a layer to an existing like online friendship, I think. Yeah. But I will say that I think even the conversations, like I had phone dates with a friend of mine who lives in Montreal from the program we, we created. And we talk on the phone once a week, <laughs> like in my morning. I mean, I've spoken to her more than Heather because like Heather and I, we, our schedules, schedules don't yeah. really match up. No. But it's great to speak to my friend Emmeline because she kind of has a similar schedule and we can talk about, you know, specific things. And I mean, that's a really important friendship in my life that is really cool that's happened. It also keeps you accountable. Like it yeah, really does, exactly. You know, because you tell them about this idea you have and then they keep asking you about that idea and you're like, crap, I've got to get on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Heather and I will do that a little bit more with yes. text messaging. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, I'm in some some text groups and I love them so much. I feel like it's so nice that I can just like you know send off a text and there will be somebody awake who you know can give me feedback on something or who just wants to chat. It's really nice. Yeah, it's it's just oh, it creates this. Um, even when you are not in it and you're away from it, you feel like you're part of a community. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to think, I'm thinking if there's anything else though. And I do want to share that. So I like, I have a day job and I'm gone a lot of the time for my family and it was very intense and stressful for at least for like one and a half years. Um, I wasn't, wasn't super happy at work. Um, and it just, I was, it was at a time where just some weird stuff and it, I would say it was like a low point, um, in my life in some ways. But in other ways, I'm glad that it was like so miserable because it forced me to put more of my like positive energy. Like I was like, I need something positive in my life right now because there was a lot of negative stuff. Um, And I said, okay, well, I'm on my coffee break. I'm going to check in on Carve Out Time for Art. I'm going to post one of the Instagram features and I'm going to share like, oh, wow, one of our people, I don't know, had a 
opened an Etsy shop or has a new website or had a baby. And that felt really good. And it offset a lot of the, I would say, the less happy things that were going on due to some circumstances. And it really enriched my life in a lot of ways that I wasn't expecting. So, you know, that's important. And then other ways that people could get started, especially if they're shy. Um, I don't know, like just direct messaging somebody, replying, commenting, yeah, showing interest in yeah. somebody's life. Yeah. Get them yeah, kind of giving encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking a class in person, like going to an urban sketch group. There's so many things. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. We haven't even touched on like going to actual classes because that's I mean, because, you know, you're paying somebody like they can't not hang out with you. You know, (laughs) it's like the perfect class to like be it's like a very controlled environment um, because you can go in, you can talk to people, you don't have to talk to people, but you're still there making art together. um, And you like it's consistent. It's got that accountability. Oh, yeah. Classes are a great way to find creative community. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, and and you're putting, like, I feel like when you're investing in yourself in a small way or a large way, you're being seen doing what you're doing, and then you almost start to believe it yourself, like, oh, well, I'm taking this class, and other people are seeing me for what I am. You know, there's something magical that happens, I think. Oh, yeah. So this... So we've given people a lot of really great ideas, but now how, what are your best tips for how people can actually carve out time for art? Like what can they do? How, how do you find time? You guys are both moms. You're busier than I am. You know, how do you find that time? For me, it's scheduling it in, you know what I mean? Like treating it like a time. And I know sometimes that can feel more like an obligation, but at least mentally, I know that if I get distracted, It makes me be more present when I'm with my family, knowing that, okay, tomorrow I have two hours to myself. I can, I can work in the studio for two hours. I also think you need to let go of some other things in your life a little bit, whether that be how much TV you watch or how much you are on social media or how clean the house is. Like literally you need to be able to know that this is a priority and you need to schedule it like one. Um, And you need to be able to work in the cracks. I mean, that's the biggest thing I learned when I became a mom, like, okay, I'm not going to get to always have those two hours in the studio when they were little. Like now they're in school part of the time and that helps. So I had to work in the cracks. I had 15 minutes. It's amazing what you can get done in 15 minutes. And it also led to some great work because I wasn't, I had to let it sit. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the cracks. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I definitely feel like I live in the cracks. I think... (laughs) I like to think of myself, I'm like a a time detective. So I'm always looking at my life and I'm seeing where, you know, just trying to be observant. And like, maybe that's one of the first things is if someone's trying to find more time to think, what am I doing? Or what are things that I'm doing that might be out of habit? Or there are some sacrifices, like say you, you know, love coming home and watching TV for an hour. Maybe you don't do that. And, or you could be drawing or painting or doing a creative thing while you're doing that, you know, some of the multitasking, or maybe you're, um, like if you have time, you wake up earlier in the morning. That's something that I am really bad at doing, but that's probably one of the only ways I could do anything right now. Um, when my husband's like, Marissa, you just got to get up earlier. Or if you like to stay up late at night, you know, that can be for people. Um, and I think like there might be a time where I have a four year old and say he wants to be playing on his iPad. So I'm like, all right, well, if you want to sit on the iPad for 30 minutes, 
then I might say this is a great opportunity for me to either sit next to him and do some work on the computer. Like if I'm doing some digital um, pattern work or if I want to just grab my sketchbook and, you know, I'll sketch something in the living room, you know, or if he's in the bathtub and I could in 10 minutes grab my inks and my sketchbook and just make marks just to feel like I did something. It doesn't have to be anything, but you... I don't know. It, you feel like you did something and it kind of feels energizing to me. Yeah. That yeah, goes a long really way to does. feel like you've done something. I know for me too, like I keep a notebook or something handy because I'm so terrified this idea. Well, most of the time I can't keep much in my brain at once. So I have to write down my idea and that's like a safety net for me. Like, okay, I can come back to it. I wrote it down. I sketched it out. It's there. So when I have the time to devote to more of it, I can. Unfortunately, that usually happens while I'm driving or in the shower, which is not convenient. Um, and I also want to mention the whole mom guilt thing, especially for new moms or with yeah. you got little kids. You feel really guilty taking that time for yourself. And you got to stop because you have to know how much that makes you a better mom, a better person. It makes you more patient. You don't resent you know, as much because you've made that time and that's important and ask for help. If you have help, ask for it, ask for it as if you would ask for it for your doctor's appointment or ask for it for a meeting or a date night, even ask for the time to be in the studio. And you, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I have support in my creative endeavors. And I know everyone doesn't have that. So it could be hard, but try, ask for it anyway, try to explain why it's important to you. Even if you want to call it me time or mommy time away, like, and use a term they can understand, but then go to the studio. Like, really I ask for that. that, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, it, it is real. And I know, like, if I'm, if I only have my Saturdays and Sundays with my son, for example, I do sometimes crave that time alone because, you know, that's one part of myself to, to do the things that are important. At the same time, sometimes I myself feel like, well, I haven't really seen him all week. And, you know, why, why should I be wanting this time to myself? But I know it's true. And I know that I'm less cranky as a mom and a person and a human being if I have a little time for myself. So that's where in my situation right now, I'm like, if you're going to feel bad about taking away from the limited time we have together, then I can get up in the morning or if he's taking a nap or something like then I need to make use of that time. And I need to not go clean. I need to like make my art making a priority. Exactly. You know? Yes, yes, yes. Like I said, I'm not sure my husband always agrees with that, but the dishes can <laughs> still be there later. And I would yeah. rather do, I don't know, dishes while they're doing homework than, you know, do the dishes when I have time alone in the house, which is like gold to me at the moment because it doesn't happen often. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll add to that is like a one voice memos in your um, phone. Those are great. If you don't have anything while you're driving, I record voice memos to myself all the time. (laughs) And um, actually that's how I do my newsletter. I just do it on my phone as like a audio recording. And I send that out because I'm like, I don't have time to do my newsletter and I don't know how to, I don't want to touch other time in my life. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to use my commute and it's not the best audio quality, but it is what it is. And if people want to listen, they can. And if not, that's okay too. And if you're a deadline oriented person or like pick a challenge or make a commitment to something, because then you will be, feel like you're more obligated to find the time and it will force you to find the time. Yeah. So we could obviously talk about this all day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
fantastic <laughs> ideas. And I'll even add on to like looking for the cracks in your time. I am working on a really big weaving. And so I've got it out in the living room. And so literally, and I'm always ready to go before my husband is always. Me too. And what is so, that about? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of, you know, using those three, four, five, ten minutes to like look on Instagram, I'll just, you know, pull another, you know, line through my weaving and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's slowly and surely getting done in those few little minutes. And so I think just having that out, something out that I can work on in that time is really helpful. I totally agree. And I think keeping in mind, like do it with anything, set a timer for 15 minutes, whether it be, I'm only going to clean for 15 minutes or I'm only going to, and it is amazing how much can happen in 15 minutes. You could Mm -hmm. waste it scrolling or in front of the TV and it goes by in a split second. But when I'm actually like, all right, I get 15 minutes, I can work till that timer goes off. You get a lot done. Yes. And then one last, okay, so the one last thing about that that is important for people if they do have children. I, when I was a child, my mom read books and I didn't see my mom and her friends going around saying, oh, you can never do anything for yourselves. And it's interesting. I'll chat with them now as they're older and they're like, it was, it's harder for you guys. Yeah. And I think some of it is the pressure that everybody puts on themselves. But I love that my mom showed us that she had things that were important to her. And that's what I see people doing now, whether you're a mom or an aunt or a friend or whatever, like if they say, oh, wow, Heather makes time for herself. So her daughter is going to see that and her son is going to see that, or my son is going to see me doing that. And, you know, and I'll tell him sometimes if I'm, maybe I'm doing an interview on the computer and he sees me as doing work, I'll talk to him and I'll say, listen, you know, this is important for me and it's fun. I would rather be playing with you. So I'm going to hurry up. But, you know, I want to, I want to help some people who might need it. And this is why this is important. So can I do, do you mind if I finish this? And he, if I say that to him, he's seeing me as someone who's like, oh, you're not working and being a crappy mom. You know, you're actually trying to do something that's important to you. And I get that. And I think that is a great thing to touch on is the role model aspect of it. Because I was really lucky too. My mom had a, her own things and she made time for her own things. But I, funny, I mean, did you ever feel like you were left out at all when your mom did that, Marissa? No, I was I, like, awesome. Get yeah. off my back because I want to go read my own book and like, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. So we I will say my, my son also told me the other day you're a bad mom. And I'm like, that's good. That means I'm doing something right. If right. you're not happy with me all the time, <laughs> yes. you know, so my life, my life is definitely not perfect, but, <laughs> but it's good to laugh about it with people like in our community. Yeah. Who, yeah. You know, I've called Heather and said, I'm upset. I'm trying, I'm trying to balance this. And and I feel like I'm horrible mom. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking to you in my car while I'm trying to get my kid to take a nap. <laughs> and you're like, don't worry. I've been there. It's totally fine. Yeah. That's why community is important. Yes. Talk you off the oh. ledge. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, so this is where we ask I ask everyone the same questions because I love hearing the answers to these. So what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? <laughs> you first. Oh my I think well, I that I was looking at that. I'm like, I don't know. So to a lot of people, I don't know if I live a creative lifestyle, but I think it's just I'm gonna be succinct making time for yourself, figuring out what you want in your life and not like getting to a point where you're not having to apologize for how you want to live your life and what you want to spend your time doing. You know, if you have a friend who doesn't understand why you might not be able to go to brunch every Sunday, you know, well, you're not busy, but I need to be working on in the studio or something. 
then find the support of people who understand that. And, you know, just living your life how you want to and not having to mold yourself to what everybody else wants from you. Cause that, that's not going to ever work. Oh, I think that's my answer. Darn it. I should have gone first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, my answer is probably similar. And, and in a sense, I can speak to me, which is probably more specific instead of like the big creative, like any, and I think anybody can live a creative lifestyle, whether or not you're making stuff. And I think people find, I think people are always searching for that, whether it be a coloring book or taking a class, I find people are searching for a way to be creative. And I think you can integrate that into your, into your life. Like that, the creative thinking part, like, I feel like I'm a creative thinker and I feel like I solve my problems creatively and my issues with scheduling and like, I think that's how it spills into my life. And I live a creative life. I'm making time to create. Yeah. Cause I, I told my eight year old neighbor, he was saying, Oh, Oh, sorry. He's 10. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not creative. I can't like think of a story. I said, you're alive, you're creative. Mm-hmm. And actually he's interested in engineering. I said, sure, everyone is creative. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I said, you, like you said, if you can solve a problem, all humans are creative. You know, finding ways to get along with your boss. Who's crazy? Like that's creative. Yeah. Whatever it might be. However it comes in play. What is your favorite creative resource? It can be a book, person, a place, Mm -hmm. thing. Oh, that's a good one. You know what? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm like, I love, okay. There's a couple of books I keep on my nightstand. Um, I love Grace Bonnie's in the company of women, how she shares, you know, if you guys haven't seen that, but I'm sure everybody has, it's, you know, I think a hundred interviews with just all types of women, all backgrounds and all situations, all living a different type of quote, creative life. And it just, it doesn't tell you a ton about them. It just has some, you know, questions and answers and you just have a snapshot into people's lives. And the other book I really like to just look through here and there is, um, Oh, Ladies Drawing Night by Julia Rothman and Rachel Cole and Leah. I'm getting their names wrong. And I think Leah Gorin. It's just an awesome, beautiful book about, you know, getting people together and creating community in real time around mm-hmm. like drawing in a sketch night. That's like a perfect recommendation for I this love episode. That. And, it's, and they're beautiful books. So you can just like open them up and like, that's what we would that's like to do. I think for, yeah, definitely. Have some type of resource that people could have and flip open too. if you need a moment of inspiration or you want to laugh or, you know, you want to be encouraged. So that's what those books are to me. And, you know, I hate to state the obvious, so I'll get this out of the way, but honestly, if I want to be inspired, I usually search in our hashtags to see what people yeah. are doing. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Um, my go-to books, there's two of them. One of them, I don't, I read a ton. I don't reread a lot of books. Both of these I've reread. Um, the Day Book by Ann Truitt which is just kind of like her journal as an artist and a sculptress. Um, Oh, wow. And she was also a mom, which obviously resonates. And then um, it's a small little book that you can actually either download for free or purchase. It's called Making Your Life as an Artist by Andrew Simone. That talks about how exactly that, how to find the time, but how to also like make a definition and work through this world as an artist. It's really great. Um, and then I walk that slippery, slippery slope of actually scrolling through my favorite artists on Instagram because it can be, at once be extremely inspiring and extremely intimidating. 
So that mm-hmm. can go either way, depending on my mindset. <laughs> oh, and I will say, um, taking a walk. That's like, Oh yes. Yes. Like what was the question? Our creative resource. Yeah. Just yeah. taking a walk and like looking around and being curious and writing. Writing is really big for me. Whenever I am in any sort of pinch or hole personally or creatively, I just sit and get it out. And I usually come to some sort of at least peace, if not a conclusion. Perfect. Um, so, okay. Give us quickly how we can be involved with carve out time for art. I think, uh, well, follow us on Instagram. Um, we have a weekly, the best way to get involved, I think is we have a weekly question that semi-weekly that we ask and it could be fun. It could be like, you know, who we're giving you $10,000. How would you spend it? Or, you know, who's an artist you'd love to have dinner with, or it could be like, what's something you want to learn this year. And we'll have, I don't know, sometimes up to like a hundred responses and people get, will answer each other's. And it's a, it's a huge conversation. Anyone is, is invited. And that's a great people. That's a great place to start to get to know people in our community and feel more connected. Um, cause I've seen a lot of friendships and yeah. um, like circles, I don't want to call them clicks, but circles of people who just kind of gravitated towards each other. And that's been really neat to see. Um, and use that's our one hashtags, of the best ways. use our hashtags. Yeah. Honestly, when we, that's what we search when we feature people, if you want to call it that, I mean, we really literally scroll that hashtag more so than yeah. anything else. That's the way we find people and see things. So use our hashtag. Yeah. yeah it's a beautiful yeah. hashtag <laughs> yeah and it's meant to like if anyone's what carve out time for art to just to if you've worked on something or sharing how you're finding time or whatever that looks like to you your yes. studio awesome it's fun and so what's new with you ladies <laughs> what can we be looking out coming up for for you guys all right so speaking of making yourself accountable I have been dying to get started on this. We have a creative pinky swear, like hashtag thing where you kind of put it out there so that you can keep each other accountable. And we'd like to do some sort of hashtag challenge with that. That's a little more like pick a project that you'd like to see to fruition in however many weeks. And everybody kind of rallies around those specific hashtags every week to help everybody work through their, you know, pinky swear, or whatever their goal is. So I'm putting, I'm saying this aloud, Mar- Marissa. So now we, I have to pick a date to start it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then the other thing. So as part of our creative pinky swear is that we've, so we've been working on this book for a long time and it's kind of gone under two iterations and, you know, like we did the whole book proposal thing and everything. So I'm proud of all the work we've done, even if even if nothing happens, but we're going to make it happen because it's too important to us not to. So I think our creative pinky swear is that we need to have reached out to the people we want to feature and start getting the content coming in to start editing it and putting it together. Yeah. Cause I really want to see it. I want to hold it in my hand soon. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Awesome. Oh, that's a big and awesome goal. So we cannot wait to watch how that, um, continues and how that unravels. So, okay. So we always like to have a challenge that people can take away and do something from each episode. And so I think that there were a ton of amazing recommendations in this episode. And so we want to see what you're doing, how you're carving out time for art. So use the hashtag carve out time for art and the hashtag how she creates so that we can see what you're doing. So show us 
um, what you're working on, what, um, where you're working, how you're working, finding little, you know, cracks of time that you're working. So we want to see what you're making and how you're carving out time for art from this episode. So we're going to be checking out those hashtags and looking and featuring people who are doing cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't have to be visual art. It can be, you know, crafts and creative pursuits and whatever. Yeah. We'd love to see all of it. (laughs) Yeah. We want to, we want to meet more people that are not just painters and, um, um, illustrators because we are interested in other things too. Yeah. 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 And I think that's really important to, to continue saying is that, you know, creativity goes way beyond paint on canvas. Mm -hmm. Um, so everyone is definitely invited and included here, no matter what your art form is. So we can't wait to see that. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for making time to talk with me. This has been super, super fun. Uh, thank oh, you yeah. for having us and putting up with how much we talk. <laughs> yeah, no, we had so much fun. I'm like, oh, now I'm thinking about oh, all the things we need to get done and what we want to do. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> thank you so much. And thanks for oh, all you're doing to help yes, people. This no is kidding. Amazing. Your community and is fantastic. Really fun. Yes. Thank you, ladies. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you learned so much from Marissa and Heather and that you were really encouraged to dive into community and connect and to share your work with more people and to make some new friends online that love art and creativity the same way that you do and that you are excited to find some more ways to get some stuff done um, in your in your day so that you can prioritize art and um, so like I said we want to see how you're doing that so we're going to be looking at that how she creates hashtag and again you can get all the show notes and learn more at lauren-likes.com slash podcast so I hope you have a creative and wonderful week and I will see you back here next week for another episode of how she creates Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. I would love to see how you create. Share what you're making on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with me, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Grab your art supplies and I'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.